Welcome to Life of Brian. Dot dot dot. Manic step. Okay, now you're right. <laughs> Welcome to Life of Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's try it third time for sure. <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to Life of Brian. Dot dot dot. Manix, that is the podcast. Proudly brought to you by Mercot's. Driving excellence. They do advanced driving and defensive driving. That's why it's driving excellence because you do defensive driving and you do advanced driving and you get better. Right. Hello, Brian Mannix. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. Why? Why am I Brandon? <laughs> well, did you see the, um, the? You know, in America, everybody's been yelling out about Joe Biden. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, when the NASCAR guy, some guy called Brandon, won it, and all of the crowd was going, ah, Joe Biden. The interviewing he says, um, I'll listen to them all cheering for you. Let's go, Brandon. It wasn't that at all. It was, fuck <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> now, it's taking off so big that even at concerts, they're stopping in the middle of the concerts, and the whole crowd's going, fuck oh, Joe Biden. Good grief. And it's becoming huge. There's flags. And then I looked up on because Casey, my daughter, told me that there was a song about it called "Let's Go Brandon." Yeah, yeah. And I looked up on Spotify. There's about twelve songs called "F Joe Biden." It's oh, really starting to take off. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's sort of the uh, the the 2021 version of my way. Uh, everyone's doing a version of it. Yeah, but um, oh, there's different versions and different songs, but. Um, Let's go, Brandon, being the one that's getting the most radio airplay. Well, I reckon that our guest on this uh, special Cup Day podcast, which we're sneaking out on Cup Day because you know it's it's that sort of podcast, he'd he'd be perfect to come up with a uh, a song for this situation. Well, he would indeed. He's um he's done a brilliant musical uh, called Wuhan the Musical, and um, I've been a big fan of his his work for quite some time because he's very clever, he's very funny, and. Um, Really good musician and singer as well. But yeah, he is. And we're yeah, going to we're going to take you through all the all the kind of uh, permutations of this man's career as we can uh, in this podcast. Uh, his real name, of course, is Mike Carr, but his uh, his showbiz name, his character that he developed, is Buddy Good, which is the one that you're in love with. Yeah, it's right. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's fantastic. It's clever. It's funny. It's tacky and clever. Yes, and musically sound. So yeah. To get tacky and clever together and make it work, I think that's terrific. So coming up, you're going to hear songs from Wuhan, Wuhan the Musical, which is available on his website. Um, also, you're going to hear uh, a song that he's done. He is a, a legitimate uh, country and Western duo called Cornell and Carr. So we're going to play one of the songs that he's done with his, uh, his partner um, there. And you're going to hear songs that he's done about John Hopawati, which is a, a, a con- kind of a tribute to uh, Mike Brady at the same time. There's an Elvis yeah. song from Wuhan. Wuhan the musical is a song which talks about, which will be the first one you'll hear, uh, which is all about uh, how the expressions and things these days are a bit different to what they were back when we were growing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very clever. And on the day that uh, the race stops the nation, Buddy has a song called "The Race That Stops an Asian." So we'll, 
<laughs> we'll play you that as well. So, uh, warning up the front. We think this yeah. is funny. We think it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it's not. I, I don't think it's offensive to the degree that some of the stuff in the world is offensive. I think it's just funny, and I think he's just taking the piss and and having a laugh. Yeah. And and I think it's a legitimate form of comedy. And as such, that's why we're presenting it. Yeah, I think it's um, you know I, I, look. I can see that some people might take it the wrong way, but I think you know they're just. Don't have a sense of you. Well, I was going to say, lighten up. Don't take. Well, don't. He, don't listen to everything to be offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. It's yeah. um, it's done for the right purposes, and it's funny as I think it's great. Yeah, and and, and probably uh, best described as that old kind of uh, old style humour, and and a lot of that I know doesn't cut the mustard these days with the uh, with the parameters of you know uh, society. But uh, if you just want to have a laugh, a giggle. And uh, and take it for what it is. I think you're going to enjoy the next forty minutes or so with uh, with Buddy Good. I think so. It's good fun. Yeah. And now, if you happen to be driving a heavy machinery of any uh, type, any vehicle of any, this is where the Mercot's training will come in. Because oh, while you're listening to this, while you're listening to this podcast, I don't think it's a good idea to be driving heavy machinery because you may drive off the road, you may drive off oh, the track because yeah, yes, you're right. it, it is it is at times gut bustingly funny. Some of this stuff, I have to say, yes, uh, but we thank our eyes will shut. Yes, we have to thank our friends at Mercots. Give them a buzz. Check out their website, mercots.edu.au, one three hundred triple five five seven six. It's advanced driving and it's defensive driving. That's where you get driving excellence from by uh, by putting all those things together and they'll help you do that. So, And they do assessments of you as a driver, Brian, and they actually sent yours through to me. Yes. They what did, did they an assessment of you. Um, yep. And I'm, I'm pleased to say, Brian, you're not a shit driver. No. No, but you're not as not good as you think driver. you are. But you're not no. a shit driver, okay? Slightly better than shit when it comes to driving. Uh, just you, you, you just, just made the threshold. So I better perhaps get down to Mercot. Yes, to you should. A better driver. Yes, you absolutely. I that number would be one three hundred triple five five seven six. Kev. Beautifully done. Mercots.edu.au. Let's buddy. get into Buddy, and then we'll talk again later on. But here is that's not Buddy calling. That's uh, no, that's Los Angeles wanting to know if I'll do a movie with Alec Baldwin. Well, Mike Carr is one of the most interesting musicians and songwriters you'll ever meet. He's got a character called Buddy Good, and we talked to him today because he's got a new project out. And um, so, Mike, I, I take that you um, have uh, dealt. Fairly hard, hardly with COVID. <laughs> I think, like everyone else, Brian, mate, it's, it's great to be with you, mate, and uh, nice to chat. Yeah, look, you know, each day it keeps the numbers keep going up because I'm in New South Wales, and yeah. I don't know. You can you can listen to it and get down to the dumps, or you can uh, I don't know. You can get motivated to do something else. I suppose everyone handles it differently, but I'm one of those creatives who goes through natural slumps in my life, ups and downs. So, to me, it's just another one of those, you know? Yeah, so most people don't go and write a musical about it, though, yeah, but, you, but you have. <laughs> well, yeah, to be honest with you, I, my character that I have been doing for now for 12 years, Buddy Good, you know, it first started out as something I was yeah, a bit of fun, you know, that other outlet, just being a serious songwriter and performer for most of my life. You yeah. know, my Buddy Good character just came about as just a bit of a joke, you know, and and then I got signed to a, a record deal with it, which was a long process. But and and then I made albums and and I won a couple of arias for comedy album of the year. So it sort of like took over my life. But it 
It's the real me. It's actually a lot of the real me comes out in Buddy Good. It's all the things that I want to say that I can't because if I say them as a normal person, then I'll get it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so if we change it? our names to uh, you know Kevin Good and Brian Good, can we do say the things that we we really want <laughs> Mate, to say? Go as well? for it. <laughs> you can be my long lost cousin, and you can get away with murder. <laughs> <there you. laughs> well, it's a pretty diverse range of subjects you've written as Buddy Good. Um, some of my favourites are Happy Birthday Australia. I think that should be played at, on Australia Day. I think um, Midlife Crisis is a classic. Yep. Um, <laughs> gay is terrific. Um, Dying at the Wide, doing it. Every song. Oh, Belle de, Belle de la when you go to the island of Lesbos. That's fantastic as well. What was the first one that you wrote as a Buddy Good song? The very first one I wrote was called Dutchie in the Morning, and which is oh, yeah. all about giving your partner a Dutch oven. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just like, it was actually, when I listen to that song now, I, I hate it, you know, I think it's terrible. But um, but it was like it was like the catalyst for, you know, I, I grew up listening to and watching people like Benny Hill, Norman Gunston, and I and I loved that. That just seemed to be my sense of humour, and I loved the way they used to poke fun at all sorts of things, you know what I mean? And and the motivation for me and my comedy is, is doing the same, and, you know, and it's a fine line we've said now, Brian and Kev, because, yep. it, you know, I mean, some people will find it racist or derogatory or whatever. And it, and I suppose if you look at it in that respect, it kind of is. But to me, it's just poking fun. And you only and the only way to be funny as a comedian, and I'm sure a lot of comedians will agree with this, is you have to poke fun. You mimic life. You, you, you make observations about life which are kind of funny. And for all of a sudden, they're politically incorrect, even though they always have been. You know what I mean? We, we tend to. We've got to be able to laugh at, at stupid things in life. I mean, like what's happening in the world now. I mean, there is a very unfunny side to it. I mean, it's a terrible situation, but there's always a funny side to everything. And if you don't laugh at it, all you're going to do is sit around and cry about it. Yeah. It's part of our coping mechanism. It always has been, you know, it always has been. And I remember, I mean, I remember when my parents got divorced when I was seven. And as a seven-year-old, I didn't really understand it. You know, all I could see was a couple of old people fighting with each other. And rather than sit back and think it was my fault, you know, I embraced the fact that in a couple of years' time, I had two great step-parents and all these step-siblings that were wonderful parts of my life. Oh, I could have taken it upon it, you know, as being a really sad situation and carried that with me for the rest of my life. So (laughs) I think you have to laugh. I mean, I know it's a cliche. People say you've got to laugh at life, but I genuinely believe that you have to because ultimately life is pretty stupid. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Remember back in the day when everybody was gay? Smoke, a queen had a throne, a tranny was somewhere you'd hear a song, a puff was something you put your feet on, and everybody was gay. Remember back in the time when you had a line, it meant you got a speaking part in the show, a grass was something you had to mow, ice was a problem, but just at the snow, and everybody was gay. Toss was what you did with a coin. Cry 
abs were something you caught with your pop Or something you caught with your groin Remember when we were young When you'd wear a thong It was on your foot, not under your pant If you wanted a root, you'd have to dig up a plant Semen wasn't cream, cause cream was a band And everybody was gay Remember when we were kids oh, when we were kids Someone had fake tits Oh yeah, they did It meant they had plastic birds in a cage A dike was a wall, a drag was a race Your rags were your clothes and a joint was a place And we'd be happy all day Cause everybody was gay I think you get away with a lot of, um, you know, because you're pushing the envelope all the time. But you do it in such a clever way. Like the melodies to your songs are really, really good. And the words, you have a real economy of words to say something that's right out there, but it just fits in so well. Like you get about, you know, 12 jokes into one song. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. It's good going, I reckon. And now the... You've taken the piss out of country music for ages. I, I get the vibe that you used to like the 70s country music because a lot of your songs sound a bit 70s country music. That's what I grew up on. You know, my father my father was actually Johnny O'Keefe's piano player and wow. um, and went on to be, oh, well, he he was at festival records for lots of years and, you know, played piano on all those, you know, Diego Ravel, Cole, Cole Joy, all those guys played on those records. But we, he was with O'Keefe for a long time as music, one of the musical directors on uh, Six O'Clock Rock. And, um, yeah, had a great association through that era. And then my father got unwell. He became the piano player on Play Store, which he was for 25 years. Oh, right. Yeah, don't know that. So we lived in a house full of music, weird and wonderful music. So from Nilsson to Bob Dylan to to Glenn Campbell, Kenny Rogers, Nils Sadaka. So my exposure to... Music was vast, and I just love those melodies and those corny little tunes from the seventies. That's what tickles my fancy. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you've now you've taken the piss out of musical theatre and, and done a really good job of it because musical theatre songs are a little bit different to your pop songs, but you really nail it. That because I'm talking about Wuhan, Wuhan, the musicals you just uh, listening to us. But uh, my latest project, yes, his latest <laughs> project, by Buddy Good, and Wuhan, Wuhan, bum, 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 bum. it's just like so many. Uh, and I love the um, I love the uh, Elvis dance number oh, in the yeah. uh, in the musical. That's fantastic. <laughs> It started in a town they called Wuhan Away down south in Ching-Chong land I blew through the desert to old Iran And now everybody in my band has got Corona Got Corona The guy with the miraculous to my right I gave it to the woman wearing white The guy on the left with the tambourine Is gonna give it to the woman wearing green lips Got Corona Got Corona A lady don't turn around, don't make a scene But there's a guy behind you clapping on one and three Hey amigo, I wanna survive To come any closer than 1.5 You got Corona Got Corona I never sit down to plan any of this And 
I did a couple of, like, during the first COVID lockdown, I sat down and I wrote the first Wuhan, Wuhan song, and it was just, it's just taking the mickey out of the whole bat theory, eating a bat and all of that. Because I could see the ridiculousness in the whole situation, you know. So I was just merely just taking taking the pee a bit, you know. It got a great response. And then I wrote a couple of others and I put a couple of songs to already existing footage from other things, yes. just taking the mickey. And, you know, from that, one thing that led to another, a lot of people were asking me, when are you going to, you know, finish this musical that I've been promising? And I was never promising a musical, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But when, lock, when lockdown happened this time around, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually put all these songs into a story and actually make it a story, write a few more songs and put it out there as a musical. And, <laughs> and I loved doing it. And I had my wife on her editing program. We were taking footage in the backyard and green screening stuff. It was just a lot of fun, you know, and that's all it was ever meant to be. And it's, the response to it's been really wonderful. And I love the response that I'm getting from it. So, you know, yeah. Channeling a bit of Benny Hill too is Centre Rink. Oh, my God. And now how funny was see all those years ago. I mean, we all laughed at Benny Hill and, you know, I still do the cleverness of that guy, you know. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that these days we can't see that humour for what it is. And I mean, most of my, that's the funny thing is most of my neighbours, I live in a very um, Asian populated area in Sydney, you know, and most of my neighbours that I love adoringly are Chinese. <laughs> and I, I swear, I mean, we could sit down and laugh about it together, but um, I had a song years ago on one of my albums, which is called One Night in a Bangkok Bar. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah and it referenced, it referenced me going overseas on a Kintiki tour and, and meeting someone who you know, partook in, um, how would I say this, extra uh, extraordinary activities as a, you know, a lady of the night in Thailand. And one of my biggest fans <laughs> for that song, and she used to write to me all about it and tell her, was a, a lovely Thai lady. <laughs> and, 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 and to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I mean, I always thought it would be slightly offensive, but, um, but only to a certain few who don't, who don't even try to see the humour in the situation, you know. And I think a lot of people are guilty of not trying to see humour in certain situations. There are a lot of things I will not touch on. But um, yeah. but, but but for me, for me, the, the things like religion and uh, they're open forever. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. of um, and this is no offence to people that are religious. Because even though I'm not, I don't. You know, I, I've never thought anyone is any lesser of a person or any more of a person for believing what they believe. But to me, it is open slather. It's because uh, most of the concepts are kind of stupid and they're there to be taken the piss out. Big Man in the Sky and Joseph certainly do a good version of that. Um, they're, they're two of my favourites as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, you're giving, you're giving a lot away, Brian, here. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I just want people to, to go and listen to all of this stuff because it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people today that just look for things to be offended by. Um, Wuhan, Wuhan, the musical is probably not for them, but for anybody with a good sense of humour or, you know, can have a laugh, they'll, they'll really, really, really enjoy it. There's really a lot of things out there to truly be offended by. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I get offended that, um, you know, that there'll be a music program show on at nine o'clock in the morning and there's a whole bunch of ladies with G-strings on wiping their asses on the screen. You know, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but for for some reason that's okay for my 12-year-old stepson to sit there and watch that and think that's okay. See, that offends me. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I'm offended. I'm offended by that. I'm not offended by taking the Mickey out of a Chinese person's accent. You know what I mean? No. So no. we all we all have our own standards, and we all live by those standards. And mine yeah. is different to other people. And there yeah. you go. Fair enough. <laughs> Absolutely. Fair enough. And you don't miss. Uh, I mean, there are certain people that just lend themselves so naturally and so easily to having the piss taken out of them, like John Hopawati. Oh, well. <laughs> well, to me, I mean, you know, the, ridiculous, the whole ridiculousness of the situation, you know, I mean, I'm probably sure he's probably never heard that song, but, you know, if he had, I'm sure even he would see the humour in it because it's an unexplainable situation that everyone knows about and you just go, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> We are an interesting breed, our human beings, isn't we? <laughs> well, just the, just the logic of up there, Hopawati, where you go to the grand final and you hear Mike Brady singing, so you think, okay, <laughs> I'm going to write a song about the other greatest sport in Australia, NRL, so I can sing that at the grand football grand final this year. <laughs> and it's just so ridiculous that, oh, God, it sounds such a great piss take of Up There, Gazali. It's fantastic. Well, what a brilliant song Up There, Gazali was. You know, and, yeah. and, um, and my wife is a long, lifelong friend of Sully's because my wife's a Melbourne oh, yeah. girl. So, so she knows, you know, she knows the story of Sully and Mike Brady, the, you know, the guys who wrote that song. And so she's had a long association with him. And, and I always loved that song growing up. I thought, wow, what a spectacular thing to have at every AFL grand final. Yeah. Um, to me, part of that, is a tribute to that song. Yeah, it is. I think yeah. I think a lot of things that get parodied or, or copied or copied in a sort of way, the, the sentiments taken out of it is is, a, is an absolute a testament to what a great piece of work that was. First time I heard Mike Brady sing up there Kazali and heard the crowd at MCG let out a mighty roar. I thought for next grand final day I'd write a song about the game Of rugby league The other greatest game of them all Should it be about a legend Like Puff the Magic Dragon No, it should be all about those moments Left us wanting more the Storm losing their title, the Bulldogs fans and Billy Idol. No, it should be all about the greatest moment of them all. Up there, Hopawati, try to stick them in. Up there, Hopawati, right there in the ring. Let's all forget Todd Carney drinking from his dinner. Just remember Hopawati, the donut digit king. Big Ian Roberts takes up the ball. Oh, he's smashed by Hopawati. And he gets up smiling. Yeah, Kenny, whatever uh, Hopawati did to Roberts in that tackle, he certainly enjoyed it. He's Hopawarty, the donut digit king. The guy who did that 
I don't do any rap songs. I don't take the Mickey out of anything like that because I because that genre, those sorts of genres of music, I, I don't think deserve testament. Yeah. <laughs> because, because to me, they're they're you know they're a they're a form of music which doesn't interest me at all because uh, I love great melodies and all the great the great melodies of the songs. I mean, recently I've just been sitting there listening to like a whole bunch of Sherbet songs that I I just haven't. You know, I've either never heard or forgotten. And I love the theatrics in that sort of music. And, and so I've got to tell you, Brian, yeah. the one reason, I mean, my brother put me onto the Uncanny X-Men years ago. And, and, and like when I was young, I mean, my brother's a couple of years older than me. And you guys used to come up and you'd do the tour. You'd tour the circuit like most bands from Melbourne. They'd come up and play a certain circuit in Sydney. Yeah. My brother used to go and see you all the time. And he bought this live album of you. I think it was a live album. Yeah. And right. he... And he he loved he loved the the the, um, the entertainment side of it. Not only did he love the music, but he thought the band was great. But he loved the was there a bit of like George 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 of the Jungle? Was that on that album? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. On the, it was in the middle of Pakistan, and um, that's that's right. It was, and I remember yeah. sitting in his car. I was a fourteen year old. He's driving me around, and I'm listening to this having a hook, you know, things like that. I've always loved theatrics. I love yeah people. You know, if you're gonna end, if you're gonna get up on stage and entertain, entertain is everything that you've got in your armory to entertain. And if that's Absolutely. a joke or that's you must use it. People want to have fun and feel good when they walk out of that venue, you know. And it's one thing I've always, you know, I've always lent towards. And so some things, but when music is too, I love. Don't get me wrong, I love serious music. But if, if something's too aggressive or too shoving something down your throat. I'm not, I'm not interested. That's why, I, I mean, we all grew up, I loved Midnight Oil. They stood for something, they stood for something, but they didn't ram it down your throat. You know what I mean? They yeah. presented it to you for you to make a, a an intelligent opinion, you know, your own intelligent opinion about it. And and, and I think um, that's what appeals to me. And, and they entertained us while they did it, you know? So, yeah, that's, I, I was very lucky and fortunate to be at an age group where I got to see all that live and listen to that music, and um, and it's yeah. I, I suppose it's it's the reason why I do what I do now, unashamedly. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you've been to Tamworth a few times, haven't you? Well, that's another thing. I mean, I wasn't a country music. I mean, I loved I loved all kinds of country music growing up, and I had a country band out when I lived in WA in the mid nineties for a couple of years. But it wasn't until I got back to Sydney that. I'd, I'd written a bunch of country music, country songs, and um, I presented them to someone who was working at Rondor, and he went on, and this guy went on to manage an act called Adam Brand, who became quite a big, you know, big, yeah. big deal in the country yeah. music circles, and he actually recorded a couple of songs that I'd written, so that was sort of like my starting point into the country music genre, of which I've stayed in since then, so it's been a long, quite a long time, and so the mid-90s, I was up in Tamworth checking out the scene and everything, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the just the whole friendly vibe about it, you know, the less cutthroat yeah. vibe about it, and it appealed to me more, especially moving into an age group where I was a bit over kissing ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I just yeah, so I just felt like I fitted in, you know, so I started working in that. And, and over the years, I've managed to write songs for a lot of the artists, and, and I've loved every second of it. And it's you know, hasn't made me much money like the other genres of music, but it's just been a really nice fit for me. And as I get older, I, you know, 
great to be still involved in it. Well, that's Adam Brand's how I first heard of you because my guitarist Chuck from the X Men did some shows with him, and Adam. Brand oh yeah. Played, and Adam Brand played, and uh, Buddy Good to Chuck, and Chuck just came over and said. Man, oh, you've got to hear this. You are going to love this. <laughs> and, and he was I right. Didn't know that. Yeah, and he was right. He was he was the one to tip me on the buddy. And we sat here for about four hours one day, just listening to everything you'd played. And I was crying with laughter. It's not running down my cheeks. <laughs> I'm just going, oh, you can't do that. No, he has. You're guilty. <laughs> very, very good. I knew a guy named Tram, a good family man. He had dreams of one day living in Western Sydney. He came here by boat, but when the thing didn't float, they sent him back to downtown Ho Chi Minh City. We got Nauru in Christmas Island. We're like the Melbourne Cup, the race that stops an Asian. I had a friend called Muhammad. He was really fun loving. But the government said he had links to the Taliban. He ran a 7 Eleven. And he was planning Armageddon. Also, they said before they sent him back to Pakistan. We got Villa Wood and Younger Hill And keep them locked up longer than they did Chappelle Why give out a baby bonus while avoiding overpopulation We're like the Melbourne Cup, the race that stops an Asian In Christmas Island And always finding new places to pile up We're all proud to be Australian But when it comes to immigration We say stay away unless you're rich And you want to get a college education We're like the Melbourne Cup The race that stops an Asian well, how do people get to see Wuhan, Wuhan the musical if they oh. want to see Wuhan, Wuhan the musical? I'm one of those guys who's like, you know, I had to ask my wife a hundred times, should I charge people money for this? And she's like, yeah, you should. Because, I mean, most of the stuff that I do, other than the albums, I've always put them up for free on Facebook, you know. I've just liked yeah. entertaining people over this. But she said, you know, you've worked really hard on this and we've worked really hard on this and I don't think people would mind paying five ninety nine. No, I I went back and forth thinking about it. So we ultimately did. So I set up a shop on my website, www.buddygood.net, and um, it's available there to download for $5.99. Worth every single penny too, I might say. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Jeff. Well, I appreciate that. No, it is. I'm just one, you know, I just like, um, I like making people laugh if I can, you know, because it's, you know, oh, I think we need to laugh. I Bloody just think oath. we do. It's so, it's so important. And, you know, um, and any way I can find a way to do that, I try to do it. So that's where it's available. Well, well, the world's a better place for you trying to make people laugh because it certainly makes me laugh. I think it's absolutely great. And um, I've, I've probably put, oh, I don't know, thousands of people onto your music. So yep. I just keep every time, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Who <laughs> <laughs> the old blokes are up at the pub that are 70? They've heard most of it. <laughs> well, they're my audience, Brian. Well, so am I. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, what 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 are you working on at the moment, Mike? Are you are you working on anything, or just talking about to Wuhan, Wuhan? No, I'm working. I've moved on. I mean, I've done Wuhan now. How just you know trying to you know to get more and more people onto it. But yep. um, no, but I've, I've I've got a duo partner. His name's Matt Cornell, and. And we've got an, we've had an association for years. Our fathers used to work together. Matt's father, Wayne Corner, was a member of the Deltones for a lot of years. And, oh, uh, right, yeah. And um, and and we 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 managed we met through Adam Brand because Matt actually is his bass player. And a couple of years ago, we recorded a few songs and we put it out there. And we got nominated for a gold guitar for best group, and we went maybe we've got something here. And and we just through through things we. We met um, Ian Dicko Dixon, who oh, yeah. Dicko people remember from Idol, and yeah. he sort of like was digging what we were doing, and he was floating around managing a couple of acts and stuff. So we, just before COVID hit, <laughs> we decided we'd do something. So the timing was impeccable. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but we put out an album. We uh, and this year, especially this year, has been tough because of the COVID, but we put out two singles and we're just about to release our third single. What's the name of the duo, Mike? We're called Cornell and Carr. So Cornell and Carr. Yep, we're there on Spotify. We, all our songs are there available, our video clips and everything like that. It's all there. We've got our website and join us, like us on Facebook and do all that stuff. It's a bit tough because we don't have a record company. Uh, we yeah. do it all ourselves, and which we kind of like, you know, but... Um, we had the first number one this year on, on iTunes, so we were stoked okay. at that. Wow. We released, well, we released it on New Year's Eve, so it was a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good plan. Uh, good man. Yeah, smart. <laughs> uh, some called us crazy, but, you know, at least we could spruik we had the first number one. But anyway, yeah. um, but we're loving, we're loving what we're doing. And unfortunately, Matt lives up in Queensland and I'm in New South Wales, so it's, it's been a bit tough for us to get together and do anything. Uh, so we're just trying to see it through, and but it's one of the one of the things that we do, you know, is keep putting out music because we love it and we love yeah. creating it and love putting it out there. And you know, while ever there's you know blood in my veins, I will do it. We go way back to a time when we were young, before our innocence was gone. We go way back.
Brian, the podcast uh, now that is uh, that is the legitimate, uh, I guess, and there's not, not that Buddy Good isn't legitimate, but that's the uh, the country duo that uh, that Mike performs with Cornell Carr. So check their stuff out on Spotify nice as well. Good song, very good. We go way back, and you do yeah. go way back with him. We're going to finish, <laughs> going to finish with probably if you want to if you want to do it by degree. The most offensive song that we've got on the program is coming up. Fantastic. You know, you've got to leave them with a bang. Kid. Exactly. But it sums up uh, Wuhan, Wuhan, the musical, that, as I mentioned, is available on his website, uh, but it also sums up what's been going on in the world, not let alone this country and let alone this state that you and I live in, uh, for the yeah. last 18 months to two years. Um, this is your favourite, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I, I must admit, I gut-bustingly laugh out loud. The first time I heard this, I thought I was going to have a coronary. Um because I just couldn't believe. What, I mean, you said earlier, and you know, you, you listen to his stuff, and you think, "Oh, you can't do that." Oh God, he's done it. <laughs> and, you beauty. Yes, and this is, and it's exactly what he's done with this song. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It will be introduced in the next part of the segment, so we hope you enjoy it. We thank Murcotts for their uh, support, as always, for our absolutely. podcast. And Stephen Van Zant will be our next guest on the on the next podcast from uh, oh, from uh, East the, the East Street Band uh, from uh, Bruce Springsteen from uh, his own work uh, throughout the, the years from oh his sensational acting this. work yeah yeah so yeah and he's got a new book with all the big names all yep. the big names coming on the show Kev absolutely Swanee the Bull Sisters uh, Natalie Gatchy we've got a whole stack of great people yeah. coming up looking forward to it.
So some yes, beauties on Jack Jones, oh, right. some beauties on the way. Yep, we'll finish uh, by saying farewell to our good mate uh, Mike Carr, a.k.a. Buddy Good, and uh, here is the last yep. little bit. Uh, uh, take care, Brian. Uh, Thank you, uh, Kevin. <laughs> and pleasure, as always. We're okay, but the rest of the countries. Mike, you wouldn't in your repertoire there have something for a, uh, you know, a disgracefully, sorry, a gracefully ageing singer with, uh, you know, uh, sort of blondish hair and, uh, and you know, oh. pretty good vocal range and able to handle a tune. Uh, <laughs> it might have been, been frontman for an 80s rock band. You haven't got anything yeah. in there that would fit, have you? I'll be honest with you. I would love, it would be my honour to write <laughs> a song with you, Brian. I reckon yeah. we, could, we could write a cracker. I reckon we could too. I've whacked it out there, man. Since I first started listening to you, and then I was at some concert we were playing at, and I was talking to some bloke about you, and he said, yeah, I know him. And that seems the guy that I forget who it was who put me in touch with you. But ever since then, I thought, yeah, somewhere down the track, I reckon me and him are going to do something together because um, it's just, uh, yeah, he's such a like mind to mine, perhaps a bit cleverer than mine, but... um, Nonetheless. Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, maybe slightly crazier than you. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, no, but mate, we've got to do it. Mate, we've got to do it. You know why? Because we can. That's exactly right. exactly right. We'll finish by playing uh, We're Okay But The Rest Of The World Is Fucked. I think it could be the perfect... (laughs) Because that's about about how we feel. (laughs) 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 Thanks for your time, Mike. We really appreciate it, mate. Keep up the great work, uh, both uh, both with the the buddy stuff and with the other stuff, which I'm really keen to have a listen to. But, uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Really, really been fun. Yeah, it's been great, great, Mike. Really great talking to you, and, and, and Brian, we will make this happen. We will. That'll be, happen. That'll be great. Um, Mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch with you, or you be in touch with me soon, and we'll get something going. We will. Great. You, could, you could both meet at Centre Rink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the wet market in Wuhan. Or Mr. Ching Chang Chang. Or you can eat supper, supper club. Sorry for the violence, sorry for this clap. Nobody ever taught us you shouldn't eat a bat. Sorry you're in lockdown, your future ain't so blind. We wash our hands and we do in our life. We all like, but the rest of the world is fucked. We all like, but the rest of the world is fucked. We making lots of money, bad, and you all picking up. You know we over in a brink, but then you got your center rink. We are like, but the rest of the world is fucked.